reading from Acts chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, at three o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. You know, there was a time in history when reading a newspaper was a major part of most daily routines. I know it's hard to imagine now. But you would walk to the end of a driveway or to a mailbox or a newsstand or convenience store and purchase a stack of folded paper with print on it to find out what was happening in the world and in the community. It might sound strange to some of us. Maybe you still read the daily paper, or maybe just on Sundays, but more likely, not at all. Since 1990, circulation, the number of printed papers in the marketplace, has decreased from 60 million to 30 million newspapers, a number not not seen since before World War II. Newspaper circulation was in decline even before the internet was in most homes and for nearly a decade before the advent of social media. Okay, so I try not to look at my phone the second I wake up, but the truth is, as I'm waiting for my coffee to brew, I'm looking at news and scrolling through my social media. It's a big part of my morning routine. And I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's going on in the world. Maybe. We are online too much these days. But for our current reality, it's what connects us. We are forming community in these online spaces. But it's no substitute for looking someone in the eye. That face-to-face contact is something we're craving. It might be rare for us these days. Maybe that makes it more valuable, more powerful. We try to teach our children to look someone in the eyes when they're talking. It's how we learn to communicate. Without seeing the face of someone speaking, it's harder to know if they're talking to you in the first place. It's more difficult to understand tone and meaning. So now we communicate through FaceTime and Zoom and other video calling methods where we can see the face of the person we want to speak with and look at them and understand them more. We can see who they are, their surroundings, what they're doing, what's going on, where they are. And, of course, if you're not feeling presentable, you can just decline the call. But it's a powerful thing to look someone in the eyes, to have that face-to-face contact. 
It's just one more thing we're missing these days as we wait for the time we can be together physically again. In those days after the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit had shown up and fallen on all the people, after 3,000 were baptized, Peter and John were heading up to the temple to pray. And the temple was the place where the people of God went to pray, but also to see others, see the people they knew in the city, and they gathered there. The beautiful gate was a special entrance, a place where maybe the wealthier members or special invited guests would enter. So it makes sense that those who were in need might choose that as a place to ask for help from folks that went into the temple that way. There was a man and he was unable to walk, so we had people carry him to the place where he could ask for a little money to survive. And maybe collecting a small amount might just be the difference between life and death for this man. So he saw Peter and John. He noticed them. All we can know for sure is that he saw them as they were going into the temple, maybe just like anyone else. But we might wonder if after the coming of the Holy Spirit there was something different about these two. Did their faces shine with the glory of God? Did they carry themselves differently after that transformative moment? How do you think they would have seemed to this man waiting at the temple gate? These days, the Las Vegas Strip is mostly empty. Not many cars are there. You won't see people walking from one hotel resort to another. But on other street corners around our city, off the freeway, in the parking lots, in the grocery store, you might see people asking for help. Maybe they look down and look at the ground. They hold a sign, depressed or ashamed of having to beg for a living. To look someone in the eye and admit you cannot take care of yourself shouldn't be something that brings shame. It's actually a pretty brave thing to do, asking for help when we really need it. But that's the posture of someone who has been hurt, turned away, left to fend for themselves for far too long. I notice that if I have a chance to stop and say hello, ask how their day is going, most folks perk up a little, and maybe that's because they expect they'll receive some money. Or maybe it's because most other people don't talk to them, won't acknowledge them, or don't treat them well. And there are times, of course, when I do see those people asking for help in our midst, and probably a lot of the time choose not to acknowledge them or give them attention. And I expect they see me, too. The apostles said, look at us. And the man at the gate fixed his attention on Peter and John. They might have been asking him to take notice of who he was speaking with. Maybe they were well known in the city. They might have been asking him to look them in the eye. And he expected to receive something. He didn't ask to be healed, we notice. But Peter says, I have no silver or gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Wow. To be able to walk was to be able to work, likely to live and thrive in the society, to be welcomed into the temple in good health, and to give a living witness of the power of the Holy Spirit, and even more. So in Jesus' name, Peter commands him to stand up. God's name is powerful. Remember this one? You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. 
Yes, Lutherans count that as the second commandment. Jews would count it as number three on the list, no matter how you number it. Luther taught that God's name is the one that we call on when we pray, praise, and give thanks to God. Notice that Peter commands the man to stand up and walk, not in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but intentionally in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The apostles were teaching people to turn from their past, to be changed, to repent, and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And later, when they're called to explain themselves, Peter will claim there is salvation in no other name. Peter is calling intentionally, specifically on the name of Jesus in the power of the Spirit to bring about healing in this man right there in front of the beautiful gate for all to see. When we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus taught his followers, his friends, his disciples, whatever you ask in my name, you will receive. There is power in the name of Jesus, who, as we heard in last week's story, has ascended, has gone to be with the Father in heaven, and he's done what he promised. He sent the Holy Spirit to the people, calling them to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And now Peter and John show up to do just that. They give something far more powerful than a few coins, but more than just shout a name and command the man to get up, they actually lend him a hand. They touch him. They reach out. They pick him up and lead him into the temple. And once there, on strong feet and ankles, the man not only walks, but leaps, dances his way into that holy place. This man shows that he is fully healthy on the inside by the way he conducts himself on the outside. He gives witness to what God has done for him in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the ones who believe. There are times in my life when I'm not feeling so healthy on the inside, Maybe I'm worried or afraid or anxious, and it shows. You can see it in me. I might look down. I might not go out. I might speak differently. But thanks be to God, then, that we can still be transformed, too. We can still be made healthy. We can be healed. We can still see miracles in our lives if we choose to open them, to look at them, and others take notice, too. When we walk with that joy we have in Jesus, when we know and we proclaim that he is not dead but alive, that he is with us, and this world seems a lot less scary. People might see you and your friends walking by going, look at them. They see you. They notice. There are people in need of healing in our community. In this time of coronavirus, there are far too many but there are people who are sick with other diseases too, along with worry and fear and anxiety. People are paralyzed by the pain of their past, dying to be transformed. And they might not even know they need it. They might be asking for something else entirely. But there is this powerful spirit in us, and the powerful name of Jesus we carry leads us to see the ones most in need, to notice them, to recognize them in our midst. And that's one of the things the Spirit is doing right now, leading us to look at them, 
to find them and meet them where they are. Not to beat them up with our Bibles, but to call on the one who can truly transform us all and make us whole. The powerful name of Jesus is ours, since we are united with him right here in our baptism. Right here at this font, this bowl of water where we find that we belong to him and he promises to always be near to us and we are transformed. We might not go around and yank people out of their wheelchairs. Don't do that. But it is a powerful thing just to spend a moment to look at them, to share our time and attention, to give a word of grace and blessing in Jesus' name. Can we do that? That power in Jesus' name is the power of the gospel, the good news that Jesus who died on the cross rose again for us and gave us the gift of salvation, not because we deserved it, but because we needed it and God so wanted to give it to us. We need all the good news we can get. And the gospel is the good news that meets us where we are, that transforms us, that heals us, whether we ask for it or not. It produces changes we might not have ever expected or signed up for. And as we grow, we move forward in faith and live our lives of discipleship in that same tradition of Peter and John and Mary and the other disciples and find that we are given opportunities to share that powerful name of Jesus. And we share it in our relationships with the people we know and love, and we serve in the community, and we heal and give to others according to the gifts the Holy Spirit has planted in us. It's happening right now, in homes and hospitals, in live-streaming church services, and on holy ground downtown where people find what they need, a meal, shelter for a night, a meeting to help them stay clean and sober, where someone takes notice and looks them in the eye, where people see each other beyond disagreements and political lines we draw and fight over, to see that we truly are all in need of something, and we find it in Jesus, in each other. Right now, yes, we gather online. We communicate using video conferences, texts, emails, phone calls. We use what we have, and what we have we give for the sake of those in need. What holds us together is not how many views or likes we receive on our videos, posts, or pages on social media, but the relationships we have built over time that are holy, that are centered in God's grace-based love shown to us in Jesus. We will meet face to face, eye to eye, heart to heart. Because we are here for the heart of Christ and we share it with one another and all our neighbors, especially those in need. As the church, we look each other in the eyes. We share our joys, our contentments, our concerns, our hurts, and our hallelujahs. We gather in every way to share the real life Jesus brings. So let's live in that love. Let's look forward to that day. We can dance and sing and pray and praise him together. Amen.